prayer services for the public every hour on the hour. The Washington Post reported that even the city's first mosque, still under construction, would nevertheless be open for all Muslims who wish to invoke Allah's aid for the Republican administration. Public prayer highlighted the official inaugural festivities as well. Chief Justice Fred Vinson, on hand to deliver the oath of office, welcomed the religious emphasis. When he had risen to the high court a few years earlier, the Kentucky Democrat had taken part in a consecration ceremony sponsored by a new prayer breakfast group in the Senate. There, before a gathering of more than two dozen senators and the Attorney General, the Chief Justice of the United States testified about the importance of the Bible being the book of all the people and how the whole superstructure of government and jurisprudence is built upon it. Now Vincent would watch Eisenhower do the same. As the Chief Justice delivered the oath, the new Chief Executive's left hand rested not on one Bible but on two, each open to a selection suggested by Graham. A black, leather-bound family Bible was open to 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, a passage Graham regularly cited to urge a national religious revival. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. The second, a Masonic Bible used by George Washington at the first presidential inauguration, lay open to show a similar call for revival in Psalm 127. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Immediately after his oath, in his first official words as president, Eisenhower asked the 125,000 Americans in attendance, and the estimated 70 million more watching live on television, to bow their heads so that he might lead them in a little private prayer of my own he had composed that morning. Almighty God, Eisenhower began, as we stand here at this moment, my future associates in the executive branch of government join me in beseeching that thou will make full and complete our dedication to the service of the people in this throng and their fellow citizens everywhere. The President's prayer caused a minor sensation not because of anything said in it, but simply because it had been said. A half mile from the Capitol ceremonies, crowds on Pennsylvania Avenue listened to the prayer over portable speakers strewn along the streets. There was an electric something, an observer noted, that seemed to summon the waiting multitudes to their knees. The inaugural prayer was quickly reproduced in countless newspapers and magazines. An oil man from Shreveport, Louisiana, printed the prayer as a pamphlet, with the cover showing the smiling president on the left, the American flag on the right, and the cross directly above. At the bottom ran the oil man's own prayer, God save our president who saved our country and our world. Eisenhower's prayer was only the beginning of the day's spiritual emphasis. Religion was one of the thoughts I had been mulling over for several weeks, he later reflected. I did not want my inaugural address to be a sermon, by any means. I was not a man of the cloth. But there was embedded in me from boyhood a deep faith in the beneficence of the Almighty. 
I wanted, then, to make this faith clear. Accordingly, his address was rife with references to the religious beliefs of the president and the people he sought to lead to revival. We who are free must proclaim anew our faith, Eisenhower insisted. This faith is the abiding creed of our fathers. It is our faith in the deathless dignity of man, governed by eternal moral and natural laws. Once he finished his speech, the new president retreated to a reviewing stand to watch the inaugural parade. The five-hour procession offered several remarkable sights for the record television audience, including a trio of elephants from Ohio and a cowboy named Monty Montana, who threw a lasso around the president's head as Secret Service agents glowered nearby. For many viewers, though, the most memorable part of the parade was the very first...